This is episode number 33 with Texas cowgirl Sadie Lynn King, the founder and CEO of Calamity Media. Hey y'all and welcome. You're listening to the Cowgirl Confessions podcast. I'm your host, Dakota Dawn Johnson, small town cowgirl with Southern roots, blazing a trail as a Midwest ranch wife, mama, and businesswoman. The mission of Cowgirl Confessions is to share the wonderfully wild and Western life stories of cowgirls from all walks of life. We'll talk about the highs, the lows, and everything in between when it comes to navigating careers, cowboys, kids, and cattle. Legendary cowgirl Dell Evans said it best, Cowgirl is a pioneer spirit, a special brand of American courage. The cowgirl faces life head on, lives by her own lights, and makes no excuses. Cowgirls take stands, they speak up, they defend the things they hold dear. A cowgirl might be a rancher, a barrel racer, a bull rider, or an actress, but she's just as likely to be a checker at the local Winn-Dixie, a full-time mother, a banker, an attorney, or an astronaut. If you're into wet saddle blankets, talks with God, buckets full of laughter, and the life lessons learned in the process, kick off your boots and settle in. I pray these stories encourage, empower, and give you just the leg up you need. Here's to embracing the cowgirl state of mind, no matter how wild and western life may get along the way. I am just so, so excited to finally have today's guest with us. She is the founder, CEO, and president of Calamity Media, a ranch manager of King String Buck and Bulls alongside her husband, Jake, a horse trainer, specialty act performer, and a future mama-to-be. Y'all, I have the one and only Sadie Lynn King here with us today. Sadie, thanks for joining us. Man, thanks for having me. It's like you said, it's about that time. We've been counting down the weeks. <laughs> oh, girl, I know. When, what is your due date? August 2nd. August 2nd. Okay, mine's yes. July 31st. So, I mean, we are going to be right there. Um, yes. I thought that was pretty funny. I couldn't believe it, too. When I saw your post, I'm like, no way. We have done a lot of things alike in our lives, but we just continue to follow each other's footsteps. That's and right. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't want to have a baby around the same day than anybody else than my Dakota. That's right. it. We are going to do it together. That's right. I'm thinking like <clears throat> arranged marriage already, you know? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> I'm so excited, um, you know, for you and Jake and just y'all stepping into this, um, you know, these roles as, you know, new parents and it's, it's going to be just a a wonderful, wonderful adventure. And I feel like all these years of rodeo and travel, they prepare you for getting by on very little sleep because that's pretty much what life's going to look like, you know, for the foreseeable future. So that is so true. Everybody's like, oh, you just wait. And I'm like, what? I've been getting little to no sleep for a long time and working all ends of the day. What's just putting a little baby in a papoose and keep going on with it. That's right. I'm ready for it. I have been training, but yeah, so, so excited to just be able to have the opportunity to not only raise a child, but to, to raise our child in the lifestyle that we live and just, Oh, I'm just so anxious and biting at the, my fingernails constantly because I'm just so ready to just 
raise this girl up to be a cowgirl and uh, not only just to be a cowgirl but just to live this life and just know what the characteristics of of what it means and uh oh I'm just I've already got a Roman riding set of horses prepared for her I'm like <laughs> I got all the things I'm probably the worst person to to have out there as a mom they're like I'm just gonna be like the, I'm not gonna strap her to a sheep I'm just gonna put her on a Roman riding team I think that's a little more sane I guess I don't know oh yeah <laughs> I mean like you you know how to make those scenarios safe and I think uh what you just described Sadie you know in a our world right now is um there's a lot of good out there but it, it's in a mess that's just a kind of the, the short version from my point of view and so just yeah. it makes me so thankful to to have grown up you know in this western lifestyle and industry um and it makes me just grateful to have the opportunity to raise our kids and and really want to be able to share it with more people because whether folks grew up in it or not like you and I did there's room for people to to be a part of it in so many capacities and and I just think overall like the world would be a better place you know <laughs> if, if we had um you know more cowboys more cowgirls more people that that really understood the the fundamental values um of our lifestyle oh for sure and that's some things I've been doing um, these past couple of years is reaching out to some local kids in, in the town that I live in now. I live an hour north of Houston in a little town uh, called Punkin, Texas. Uh, it's in between New Waverly and Cold Spring. And you just got to know where we're at because <laughs> we're out <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. But it's been uh, so rewarding just to see some of these kids that may have grown up trail riding their whole life or rodeoing or just living in a country town to uh, put their work ethic into, uh, you know, pulling weeds off the fence or just coming outside and just watching uh, some of the guys dove hunt or this and that, you know, it, it's a lifestyle that can't be duplicated, but it's also a lifestyle that can continue to grow. And uh, I think that's been, well, as you said earlier, I start, that's why I started my production, my media production company is because um, I feel like for so long, we've reached out to a certain demographic, you know, just cowboys and cowgirls. And there's so many kids that are yearning to know more about the Western way of life or, you know, uh, yearning for responsibility more than just a goldfish. And it's been really, really cool to see some of these kids not only grow and turn into more of a cowboy or cowgirl or just grow and know how to take care of a living breathing animal and just have that uh focus on uh continuing to bring up another life and to have more of a responsibility than just get up go to school or go to work and come home and be exhausted it's i think coming out and even just feeding your animals is such a pastime that I miss when I am on the road and I can't come at home and feed all my stuff because it's kind of your time not only to relax and pay attention to your animals how they're eating how they're walking but also just to talk to God and just thank him for the for the things that he's given us and and uh, like I said being able to raise my kids like this is it's so like uh, exciting isn't even the word it's just overwhelming uh because it's just, uh, it just makes me so happy, you know, and, and I'm, you're the same way with your son, I'm sure. And then your new baby. And it's just, 
oh, I don't know. God has been so good to me. And the times that I hated pulling into the house at three, four in the morning, feeding on my horses to get up at seven and go work a job in town. All those nights have totally, uh, man, they've just, it's all worth it to me now looking back and, and showing, you know, that I have more of a work ethic in my life and a more of a follow through and a dedication to the things that I, that I do. So that's why my media company has been so important is just kind of reaching out to people who haven't had the opportunity to even know what a horse was or what the feet of the horse or how to put a saddle on correctly to open it up and really uh, expand our industry. I, I love what you're doing. And again, so great what you're doing, how y'all been getting involved with people in your local community, sharing this lifestyle with them. And it kind of brings me to my next question, Sadie. Um, I mean, you've grown up in the Western community, but within the Western community, you've had some pretty cool experiences. And um, so can you share with us what that was like growing up, um, you know, being um a, a trick rider, you know, a performer, and so many, you know, other things along the way. Well, that's a lot of stuff to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> to narrow it down, I'll do my best, but um, I, I guess it's the same thing as what I said before, though, and by being able to trick ride and roam and ride with, with my family out of all things, you know, uh, it was such a blessing for me and we got to travel so many places, so many states, countries, um, doing the, uh, we did the openings for the 2008 Olympics in Stockholm, Sweden. Uh, that was amazing. Just meeting new people with the same, you know, horse passion as we had, um, just incredible. I don't know. It's just so many things that we've been able to do to people we've got to meet the radio, you know, as good as I do the radio stations at 5am and the people you meet sometimes it's um, there's definitely been some God talks that you have at 530 in the morning drinking a terrible cup of coffee <laughs> with somebody you don't know, but you end up leaving uh, that radio station, just having such a friendship and a relationship and a bond with that person from this random town in Baker, Florida or uh, California. And it's been, it's been fun because trick riding has always been my passion and Roman riding and just being a specialty act performer and taking care of my animals. We've rescued a bunch. So during the day, I got to, to showcase my animals, which made me an amazing living and they continue to and uh, get to reach out to some of those kids or even gosh nine to 99 I've met so many people of all ages who uh, I've bonded with just on the single love of an animal you know and um, it's funny because my sisters get on to me a lot because like for our wedding reception and stuff they're like Sadie you can't invite that many people I'm like no invite it to everybody it's open to everyone anyone come on <laughs> and that's just and my husband's the same way so um it's just opened up my heart to so many people uh being able to you know go to the Rose Bowl parade and we went I think nine or ten times and just an accomplishment to just see my not not ourselves on camera but to see our animals you know, come from a, a rescued place in their life to, to be showcased on television. And, and it's really just, like I said, it's just rewarding the things that we've been able to do 
the long drives we've had to do, but uh, man, just the, the opportunities that have come along with it. It's been amazing. Well, in your hard work and dedication, you know, to um, make those things happen, you know, your entire family, it, it's opened the doors and, and offered opportunities to people like me, you know, that um, who I, I never in a million years thought that I would get the opportunity to try my hand at Roman riding or, you know, um, low key. Uh, I'm not even going to call it trick riding because <laughs> the horse was like walking and you were leading it. But, um, you know, you you gave me opportunities um, and, and through that we forged a friendship. And, um, you know, I, I won't ever forget you being like, you're not like all them other rodeo queens. And I thought that's the best dang compliment I could have ever gotten. Um, Cause you know, um, and I, and I fully support, you know, there are so many incredible women out there that are rodeo queens and great ambassadors for the sport, but just like any crowd, you've got a few of them that you feel like, man, they, they just don't really set the bar that high. They don't make a great name for us. And um, I thought when I pulled up to y'all's place in Texas for the first time, um, cause a friend of a friend said, uh, basically, Hey, let this girl come hang out with you. And we were filming stuff for RFD TV for your TV show. And, um, right. I, I, I wasn't real sure. I was like, gosh, I, I hope they know I'm here to work. I'll, I'll, I'll do good for them, you know, and, and y'all were all just so welcoming, so kind and, um, you know, but, but hey, I mean, I, I had a pitchfork in my hand that evening. I was helping clean stalls. I was helping feed, you know, like you, I just fell on in there with you. And I think that's, you know, I have no doubt that's what you've been doing with any of the, the people that want to come out and, and learn more about this lifestyle is you can talk till you're blue in the face, but when you give somebody the opportunity to just do it, that mm -hmm. that's when it's going to sink in. Oh, for sure. I, I tell you that. And it's the reason why I said you're not like everybody else is there. There are a lot of my girlfriends that I've I've made, you know, gosh, they've grown into friendships like ours over the years. And uh, some of our our best days was out there picking stalls together in the morning, you know, and you really get to learn about someone and uh, their life when they're sweating right beside you or cold, depending on what state you're in at the time with a pitchfork <laughs> in their hand, cleaning out some horse poop. <laughs> oh, hey, but and, let me tell you, I I have never looked as glamorous cleaning stalls as I did when I came to y'all's house because you and your mom, y'all taught me, I thought I knew about big hair. I didn't know nothing I, about big hair. Y'all taught me how to tease my hair. And I mean, like, higher the hair, the closer to God, you know, so I that's picked right. that up, I mean, you, you really instilled that in me, and, and I, I don't know that I've looked that good since then cleaning stalls, to be completely oh, honest. I don't know if that's a curse <laughs> or a blessing, but I'll let you take it how you want, it was in back then, okay, it was, it was in, it was in, oh, <laughs> no, we, well, when you put a hat down, you got to make sure when you take it off, your hair's still there, you know, Oh yeah, yeah make sure it's still there. <laughs> oh my goodness, Sadie. I um so so many great memories. And now you mentioned earlier that um, you know, one of the many things that you got to do was go to Sweden. Um, tell us about that. Tell us what it was like um, you know, getting horses there and preparing for that type of event. Well, uh my mother is a saint just to start off. Um, she's, she's taken on a lot of 
cowgirl chicks and a lot of girls and a lot of horses and trailers and all of it. And uh, she got the call uh, from, I'm not exactly sure. I think it was the ambassador of Stockholm, Sweden. He had called and uh, he said, hey, we need a group of girls. And my mom said, you know, okay, which she said, okay to anything. She was just excited to get hit the road. And as were we, you know, so she came into the room and she was like, hey, guys, you know, we're going to go to Sweden. And I'm like, "Mm, what? Come on. (laughs) And she's like, no, really, we're going. And I'm like, mom, what are you talking about? Well, anyways, I kind of thought it was a joke at first and it definitely was not. And uh, it was, oh, my gosh, uh, one of my favorite trips I've ever taken in my life. We spent. Uh, I believe 10 days while we were over there and every day was just so awesome but yes we did take um well okay sorry I can get to in my story sometimes I get so no, you're excited. good keep going <laughs> so mom you know of course starts negotiating with the gentleman about you know how much it's going to cost for us to come over there and if we have to train certain horses, you know, we're going to have to come up at least 30 to 60 days ahead of time, which will mess up our, our pro rodeo schedule. We had already had set in stone. You know, you set your rodeo schedules sometimes two years in advance, depending on the rodeos. So, you know, and that's officially our, our lifeline and how we do make our money every week. So it was like, you know, you can't bite the hand that feeds you by any means. And, and they understood and uh, they said, well, how about this? Instead of you riding some of our horses, how about we bring some horses of yours over? And mom's like, oh my gosh, okay, well, we can work on that. But that's also scary taking your own animals that you use every week, you know, the jet lag and the different diseases overseas that there's just, oh my gosh, a toss up of so much things that could happen. So mom just kind of stood out on her faith on that point. And she goes, well, how many can you can you uh, let us send? And uh, they said, well, it's going to cost, I think it was like 13 to $15,000 a horse. Wow. And they sent four over there of our own. And I, and I think that was just one way. And I mean, my mom, she goes, if y'all are willing, we're ready. And I said, mom, are you serious? She goes, yeah, we're, you girls deserve it. And she did, she had to go get her attitude and as she still does and I'm telling you what the preparation was non-stop every which it was every day anyways but we really tightened up our acts because there was six or seven trick riders that were going to have to trick ride on four animals or four horses and you know I'm not sure if you've had to jump off of your best roping horse one day and jump onto another one in a different saddle and it's not easy Mm -hmm. much less trick riding on one horse to another and sure enough we did it and we pulled it off one girl was jumping off while the other girl was jumping on and the horse was rolling and my little sister I think was eight years old Hattie and gosh it was so incredible so we went to this place it's called the globe and arena and it's literally a globe like you're looking at um like at Christmas time you shake the little snow globes Mm -hmm. there are people all around you there are Olympic level horses walking around polo guys. I mean, horse ball. I learned about so many more Olympic 
events that are going on, jumping horses. I mean, it was just an incredible experience to see some amazing horses and bloodlines mm -hmm. and just athletes. <clears throat> um, anyways, so yeah, we they shipped our horses over there. Actually, my horses have been to more countries than I have. They have more stamps <laughs> on their passport because they had to be shipped from um, Oklahoma City truck down to Georgia and then flown from Georgia to Amsterdam and then they got on a trailer and they had to be trucked the rest of the way in and and checked every so many miles and all this stuff but so they had less jet lag than us girls did I'll tell you that much oh but what gracious. yes it was a crazy experience but totally worth it and just to be the opening act over there was so awesome because just to be at that level of horsemanship was just awesome and and being so young I think I was 16 just turned 17 and uh man it was definitely a humbling experience and then the very last day they had uh, presented us a bunch of chocolates and flowers and they sat us in the middle of the arena uh they they really highlighted you know our animals and it was just it was awesome and every girl that was there it was totally deserving because we had all worked our rear ends off and as soon as we got home from that we went to the rose bowl parade so our horses didn't even slow down i mean it and us girls were exhausted but uh man what a what a worth it uh reason to be exhausted and it was it was awesome oh absolutely um just gosh gives me goosebumps just thinking about um every single kind of detail leading up to it. And then, like you said, just the stepping out on faith and sending your horses out there and, um, oh, just such a unique experience. I'm so glad that all of you got to do that. And, um, well, you know, and even shipping your trick saddles, you know, I mean, we were, we were shipping everything on, on faith. Uh, it, it just that it would even come back because you're having to sign insurance policies that you're really not prepared for. And like I said, you have to leave as soon as you come back and travel to the next rodeo and hope you have all your, you know, your whole rigging bag. And uh, yeah, it, it was a lot of, uh, a lot of having to just be faithful and just be fa faithful and thankful, grateful, <laughs> all of it, because it was, and, and also, and I, and I forgot they, uh, our horses hadn't been underneath spotlight a lot at that time. So we were going down to Cowtown Coliseum or just anywhere we could get our horses under spotlights and rehearsing and rehearsing as much as we could. So horses were flawless. They did ask us to put helmets on and um, we had to deny that request. That was the only request we denied. <laughs> well, we were a little nervous to get our chin straps stuck on the trick yeah. saddles. Um, now, Sadie, one of the things um, I think we should back up because I don't even necessarily know this part of the story uh, that your group, you know, the All-American Cowgirl Chicks. So let's talk a little bit about um, kind of how that started and then um, how it grew to where you actually had, I mean, your own TV series. I mean, it was a top show for 16 seasons on RFD TV featuring you guys. It, um, it was a lot of work as well, which I think that's anything you do in life. And when you do have the passion for it, it's, it doesn't really become work. It's just your daily life. 
um, so the cowgirl chicks were actually started. Oh man, I was so young. I was probably, I can't even tell you five or six maybe. And, um, my mom, her horseshoer, her horseshoer son was diagnosed with a rare form of jaw cancer. He, we were about the same age. I think he was a year younger than me, uh, maybe two, but his name was Ty Washburn and we've been good friends since we were little and because of our parents and uh, his mom was a great horseshoer in our area and they didn't have insurance to pay for what was going on with Ty and uh, my mom she's like I said the go-getter she is she just said well you know I've got my girls love to ride horses let's just go do run some flags and put them together and play around and not play around but you know bring the girls together and uh, any donations that we do receive, we'll give back to you and your family for just medical expenses or groceries, whatever you need. Mm-hmm. And uh, golly, that turned into, we fell in love with the trick riders at the Fort Worth Stock Show, which grew to meeting J.W. Stoker. But prior to that, after Ty, um, we, gosh, there were so many other people in our community in Weatherford, Texas that had reached out and said, hey, you know, they were going through some cancer issues or um, needed help with medical bills and donations started coming in at those rodeos. We didn't go for any money. We would just show up and put together a cool little opening uh, drill. It actually started as a drill team. And uh, like I said, then we rolled it on to trick riding later, but it was just an accumulation of people that reached out and needed help. And so, um, it just grew into the all-American, we were the Weatherford cowgirl chicks, and my mom, she's a patriot, uh, she is so patriotic, she loves her country, and they were all saying, well, y'all need to match your clothes, and you need to be this and that, and uh, so mom said, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do turquoise and brown, it's going to go out of style in a few years, we're going to stay red, white, and blue, and we did, and we changed our name to All American Cowgirl Chicks, and then we started. Uh, we got our PRCA card. We rolled on to rodeo after rodeo, and and grew to where not only we were taking in uh, our rescue horses, we were taking in almost rescue girls to just do something with their life instead of getting in trouble at school. They could come work on the ranch, be on the road, do something productive with their life run a flag, learn how to trick ride, be a part of uh, J.W. Stoker, who was our trick riding coach. I mean, and after expenses were paid, we we started donating more and more money to more individual families. And uh, Susan G. Komen, uh, golly, I could go on and on and on with how much we've donated back. And it's been, so my mom taught us responsibility, but she also taught us to to give back, you know, we, we do things for other people. We don't do them for the benefit of how we look, you know, it was about taking care of the people around us. And, uh, that grew into the specialty act that we were and, and continue to do, but, uh, what a, what a reason to ride. And, and then for our country, we started, it developed, you know, our cancer research, you know, we were donating back to cancer research families, and then since we were red, white, and blue, uh, some military families started reaching out and they were floored with what we were doing for the cancer um, families that had been struck, you know, with just different problems. 
and they started donating their families' military fatigues that had lost their lives in Afghanistan or um, World War II. I mean, it goes back to so long. They were just, they had Medal of Honors or fatigues that were given to them from, you know, their squadron or wherever. And instead of putting it in their house in a, a box, they wanted it to be showcased on the arena floor. And so that's when I started wearing, um, and myself and the other girls started wearing military fatigues. They were never bought. They were donated. And it was just like God continued to show us more people we could connect to. You know, don't limit yourself to just going out there and riding for the brand. You know, it was out there riding for, you know, people in the stands at that local show that they would show up to see their son's fatigue on uh, a trick rider that was going around the American or going around the arena carrying the American flag and just what a feeling that gave myself just to put on that fatigue too. It was, it was very emotional. Um, it changed, changed my way of life, changed my way. I looked at a lot of things, made me understand a little more at a young age on, you know, how, how life really is, how it really is, uh, a gift from God to just continue to, to be better for not just yourself, but the people around you to be an example, uh, in, in life, love and purity, and not just with your mouth, you know, with your actions. And, and mom taught us that And and gosh, like I said, she's, she's brought in so many young women who have come in with, you know, problems from addictions to drugs, addictions to just fighting, you know what I mean? Or just mm-hmm. upset because their parents were divorced or it could be anything, you know, they had a bad car wreck and it, it took them down a road that they really weren't happy on. And, uh, that developed with Patrick Gotch. Um, he would, the owner of RFD, he reached out to us and man, he put our story on a, a platform that we couldn't reach. You know what I mean? He, he saw what my mom was doing with the cowgirl chicks and he wanted to reach more people. He wanted to reach more cowgirls and let them know they had a second chance, you know, no matter what came to them in life, you know, there were other people out there with worse problems than what we had and just showcase that in the production value that we couldn't touch at that time. You know, he did give us that platform to, to do and, and just to lean on and, and having the 16 seasons was a huge accomplishment. Um, but it gave us a time to really give back to our stock contractors like you, our rodeo Queens, uh, to showcase, you know, not only the good works that we were doing within our own company and donations, but, to the kids on the outside of the televisions that needed something to watch. No offense to the Kardashians <laughs> other than keeping up with the Kardashians, you know, showing them that, Hey, you may not be a good bronc rider or bull rider or roper or barrel racer, but there's judging opportunities. There's uh, nutritionists in the industry. There's sound men. There's so many other things that we can open up our, our industry to. And RFDTV definitely helped us with that and connecting our lives to their lives. And uh, it was, and it all started with the ride for time.
and uh, my mom's idea of just, you know, stepping out and saying, all right, let's do it. And like, we had the money to do it. Heck no. You know, we didn't have the time or money to add that to our plates, but it became our, our, uh, our job, which I would really honestly never consider it a job. It was, man, it was a dream and it still is. And, uh, like I said, and that, that's where I rolled into my media side of it is because I, I realized how many people we were missing by just showing up to those rodeos and saddling your horse, riding it, going back to the trailers and unsaddling it. It was the autographs before and after it was connecting with those young girls and guys that, you know, maybe had a hard time at school that day, but you're, you sitting talking to them and smiling. It, it meant a lot more to them than just a picture and your name on a piece of paper. It, sure. it, uh, yeah, it, it definitely, like I said, it, it matured me at a young age and made me realize, you know, the, the cost of, of living with some people, you know, they, they were really struggling in their own homes about, you know, how they were going to pay their next bill because their daughter was diagnosed with the rare form of cancer or their son just passed from, uh, serving our country overseas. And, and it really, really opened my mind to a lot of things. And, and I got to thank, thank God for that. Uh, just so incredible. Um, you know, all the life lessons you were able to take from that and just the impact that, you know, you had them, but continue to have, um, and, you know, just really creating a legacy there, say to you and your entire family. And I, um, you know, when we first met, I remember thinking it was like, and I still think it's ultimately cool. I'm not going to act like it's in a past tense. It's still ultimately cool that um, you had just been featured on um, Project Runway. And like, we watched the episode, you know, I think this is like mid, like, you know, you're showing me how to tease my hair and we're watching this episode, you know, and um, oh my gosh. I, I mean, I just have the fondest memories of that. And I mean, you've been on multiple you know tv shows the project runway um then you were also on um, a couple of bobby flay's shows and i i would love to know kind of what are the the top maybe two or three things that you feel like you took from that experience um and have been able to really you know grow your this media production company because it it takes a really special skill set to do what you're doing well, um, I got to actually put my grandparents in this one because my, my grandma and grandpa, they always um, supported us in everything they, that we've done. And even when it was a wild idea, like going to Stockholm, Sweden, you know what I mean? Just small things. They, they were right there to buy the first plane ticket or the first gallon of fuel and their RV and they'd show up and, and they taught me to, to, um, live life accordingly to the choices that you make, but be happy with the choices that you make. And, and with seeing the production side, it sparked a, a light in my soul that I was like, man, it wasn't about the TV side of it. It was about learning that, you know, these people that were coming to our homes, like for the, for the project went runway show, for example, they showed up to the house and they tried to put dirt in my hair. 
and leaves, you know, like I was this redneck girl from Weatherford, <laughs> which honestly I was, you know, I didn't need the extra dirt because it was probably already there. If you look close enough and you caught me at the beginning of the day when I'm my most cleanest, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I learned really fast to continue to be myself through all things and to not conform to the world, to not conform to um, how other people, you know, perceived you. And, you know, and I looked at them and they said, can you fall off your horse for me? And I'm like, oh yeah, that's easy. You know, I just jumped off my horse and kind of ran and tripped and tripped myself and fell. And, and uh, they were like, yeah, you're kind of sweating, roll around in the dirt. And I just kind of looked up and I'm like, no, you know, that's, that's not how it works, but it, it, they, you know, like I said, my grandparents are like, just don't quit being yourself. Just can, you're Sadie and they broke the mold and there's just not another one like you. And they continue to tell me that today. And I don't know if that's a blessing or a curse either, but I continue to look at it as a blessing. <laughs> it's a blessing, <laughs> but, uh, it, it was, it, it taught me to, uh, be myself, not, filter my life, not filter my face, uh, just to show people who I was. And, uh, it, like I said, it, it grew into this, um, mindset I had to educate, to educate people and to help them understand that, you know, you don't have to have the extra dirt to prove a point, or you don't have to go out there and, and do five more stalls than my sisters to let them know I was better than them. It was about following through, being in order, having um, a set goal and to do your best at that goal, you know? And, and uh, that's what I, I wanna continue to do that with, our, with my media side of it is to create, not create anything different than what's already there, but to bring out what's there. And, and Charlie Throckmorton is a big part of that too, in my life. He's a rodeo announcer and, uh, he, and I know it's kind of a random thing to say, but it really isn't because when I would go in there to those shows, uh, Charlie would tell me to slow down. He says, slow down, Sadie, you have a great act. He said, let the crowd connect to your act. And that carried on with me to the to the uh, project run runway show is you know I am who I am don't rush the process let them figure out who you are um, and just roll with the punches you know and that's that's what I do in everything and I, I may be a little slower <laughs> getting there but I I enjoy the process these days and and I enjoy uh, creating more to the story not embellishing the story but but connecting and really pulling that person's uh, lifestyle out through their social media or through whatever I'm producing, their logo, their anything that we're producing for them at the time. And, and doing that is all experience and thankfulness for those shows that did give us an opportunity to be on there and, and to be in front of a whole demographic of people that I've never been around before. I'm, I'm used to being around cowboys and cowgirls and and just shooting straight you know what I mean you say hey I don't like that or I don't like this these people they they didn't have that they just they were trying to create something out of something that was already done and and you do have to remember your uniqueness when it comes to media and you have to remember and remind yourself that you know God didn't create you for anybody else he created you for you and he created you ultimately for him and to 
live live your life accordingly to how he wants you to you know to to leak out that that ray of light to other people and the plant seeds in that way not for your not just not for self-gain or for quick oh yeah I was on this show and and they put sticks in my hair and I I let them I did not I promise you I didn't <laughs> I said no that's too far you know and and then I, I did get to do, um, I'm actually, and I don't know if I, this still holds, I'll have to call, but we got to work with Medieval Times on a few occasions at Rose Parade and um, in Dallas, and I got to joust, and they said I'm the only woman that ever joust in the Dallas arena. I don't know if that's still true today, but it was, they did admire that of all the girls, you know, everybody we were in a whole different element of what our, our horse riding was. But as far as when the cameras were on, we never changed that. If I didn't know what a random, I couldn't even tell you right now, like some of the things that they were doing with their horses, it, it's really incredible. But I couldn't do that with my horses, but I didn't try. You know, I, I said, hey, look, you're good at what you do. I'm good at what I do. We're just going to roll with it and go here. And, and that's one thing that I've, kept with me my whole life and and really with anything that I do and the accomplishments that we've we've done and created and made they're wonderful memories and they're even better because it's really the rawness of who we were and who we are oh Sadie so so good and you uh, we were talking before we started recording just about how you know, life is just fast and furious, but we're super grateful for it. But, um, you know, we could we could deem, you know, yours and, and mine as well, falling into that unconventional lifestyle. It's not just a regular eight to five or nine to five that the jobs we have. Um, and I mean, I'm in corporate America and, and you're an entrepreneur and you're married to a bullfighter. And so, I mean, we have very different things that we're doing, but still they don't fall under that conventional umbrella. And um, I think one of the biggest um, maybe challenges out there is whether you you choose to work somewhere eight to five and that's your jam, or if you're trying to step out and do what you feel like you're really called to do is how you deal with people not understanding. And, and really like sometimes those people are in your immediate circle, even like what advice do you have for anybody listening that maybe um, is just struggling with really embracing where they're at because they feel like those that are closest to them maybe are, you know, not, not being supportive or not understanding? Well, um, you said it first, so I didn't have to. I am married to a bullfighter, so our life is the farthest thing from or conventional, unconventional, whatever. And um, I love that. I always knew my whole life for whatever reason I knew, but I did. I knew that I would never be normal. I knew that that life wasn't for me. And if I had a penny for every time that was told to me, I'd have a lot of pennies <laughs> and, uh, they say, well, what are you going to do when you get older? Or what are you going to do when this goes you know, you can't trick ride anymore, or they were already limiting me when I was 15, 16, 23 years old and saying, well, you know, how, what are you going to do afterwards? Well, I don't know. And that was honest. I didn't know. And I still don't know, but I know that age is only a number. And if I continue to 
to be passionate about what I do. I don't think I'll ever quit this life. I've tried to have a nine to five. Um, it wasn't that I was lazy. It just, I couldn't do it. I can't sit inside that long <laughs> for one. I like being outside. Um, my husband, he, he, we, I moved down here. He had a, a bull ranch, a buck and bull ranch down here already. And that was also something that I did on the side while I was trick riding. And it was, it was perfect for me. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, horses and bulls. This is my life. But you know, everyone out there is going to tell you um, what they think and that's okay because everyone is entitled and has a right to their opinion, no doubt. But like I said, don't, don't conform to the world. Don't change your heart to fit in. I can tell you out of everybody, I'm the black sheep everywhere I go. And I enjoy that because I am my own person. I have my own, uh, I don't go with the plan. I like, uh, kind of going with the flow. Cause you never know who you're going to meet when you walk into the gas station. I mean, just a gas station. I've had a serious talk with somebody that I probably will never see again, but you know, staying in this lifestyle and continuing to, to rodeo and have horses at 28 years old is something that everybody's like oh your your trick riding career is about done it's like oh man don't limit my life just because you limit your own life and and I continue to tell people that it's like you know if you're passionate about something continue to do it for as long as you can and for as long as you want to when you when you don't enjoy something now I can imagine you'd be like oh yeah I guess I can stop now but when you love something and you are in this life like we are it just doesn't, you don't get tired of it. And you continue to find more ways to, to dig your hands in deeper and to find more common uh, friends around you. Cause it, it, you said it too. Most people that are gonna tell you those things like, oh, you can't do it forever. They're the ones closest to you. And they're the ones that are trying to get you to stop because they're wanting to stop. And so it, it'll feel better for them if you stop too. <laughs> and, and that's not how life goes, you know, and, and that may be their road and that's fine, but you have to be just as solid in your own mindset and your own uh, road, your own connection with God, that what you set your mind to, you follow through to till you cannot anymore. And that may be when you're 80 years old, maybe when you're 30, I don't know, but at the end of the day, if I listened to everybody around me, I would have never stepped foot on another horse by 22 years old. And the last six years of my life would have been just miserable, you know, and you can't listen to, uh, you listen always, you know, always take in, uh, advice and, and continue to love everybody around you. But, but know that everyone's, season everyone's road is different and everyone is in a different season at the same time you know it, I may be going down a road that you went down two months ago but I'm in that season right now and 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 you got to love me through it like I'm gonna love you through it and and it's about iron sharpening iron and and uh just man not giving up at the end of the day if we all gave up then we we couldn't get out of bed in the morning because it would never be good enough but mm. you got to try, you got to focus on 
on what your passion is. Not everybody else is around you. It doesn't mean you can't have those people as friends. It just, you have to renew your mind constantly. And if that's daily, it's, da it's daily for me. It has to be. I know if my, my mind isn't in the word every day, I can get lazy and I can fall short of the glory. I can fall short of, of what I've set my goals for, for that day or that week. And it's, it's a daily dedication that you have to put yourself in. It's a discipline. Um, and like I said, just renewing your mind and, and reminding yourself, you know, why you started and, and to not, not stop your feet because the people around you are stopping their feet. Continue to grow and continue to, to pray about guiding yourself and uh, just moving forward because like I said I if I would have stopped six years ago I would have been the most miserable person you've ever wanted to be around and uh, everyone around me was telling me to to stop where I was at that that part of my life was over with but and they and they were right that that season was over but God was putting me into a new season and and sometimes when you get into that you know, done with one season and he, he does open another door. It's hard to go through that door because you're like, well, what if I need to go this way? Well, it's okay. That door will continue to be open if it's the one for you. And it's not, God's not going to miss us. He's not going to misjudge our steps. He's going to guide us where even if we take the wrong door, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times, he's going to forgive us and continue to put that door in front of us and say, okay, Sadie, it's time. Mm -hmm. you know don't you you keep going this way but it's time to move this way I mean it's there's no doubt you're going to get where you're going but you, you got to stay you got to stay faithful with yourself and you got to stay dedicated you've always and don't had, be discouraged oh yeah you've always had just a positive outlook and a like hey there, there's room here for everybody you know just an infinite mindset and what a what a gift that is to to the people around you and I'm wondering Sadie um you know is there anything that you're reading or listening to currently that you feel like has really helped you stay you know sharp that iron sharpens iron type of deal first is my husband because he is a huge leader in my life and he does he is uh, one that doesn't talk a lot about it he is one that is about it he works with his footsteps and his hands and he continues to to show me things in my life by just his actions and so that is for sure number one but also um tim's story and he actually got me onto tim's story it's uh he's got a church in southern california i think it's called the congregation church and he's got some amazing sermons that I've I've listened to some from 20 years ago just because I can't get enough of his word and his wisdom and and I do enjoy hearing what he has to say and he's a he yes he's a believer in God and Jesus and not everybody believes in Jesus and that's okay but he he tells it like it is and in a way that for a religious man or woman or not, it, it makes sense and it makes you think about it. And not that I've never been a believer in Jesus by any means, but I always knew God was there. I just never knew he was truly there for me. And, you know, 
listening to him, he's really guided, guided my steps just as an individual and, uh, man, he's just, he's real. This, the, actually the service this morning was amazing. I'll have to send it to you later and I'll, I'll post it on this deal once you, uh, post it, but if anybody does want to hear it, but I'm telling you the things that he says are incredible. Uh, he fact checks it with the Bible. I mean, everything he does, but definitely Tim story congregation church is my go-to right now. Um, Joyce Myers is another one, Sadie Robertson. There's just to name a few, but I've gotten, I guess I'm getting old Dakota <laughs> instead of <laughs> listening to all this music. I've just drowned myself in podcasts and uh, I enjoy listening to the word. I enjoy listening to the life of what people really have going on and uh, how to, how they made themselves better. And, and like I said, it goes back to renewing of your mind and keeping your mind, body, and soul full of God's word and uh, continue to just love yourself for who you are, not change yourself. And, and they've definitely helped me with that. Oh, I'm a girl, I'm a podcast junkie too. And, um, and I feel like it didn't happen until a couple of years ago, but, um, right? yeah, I, I love them and, and Hey, they're free. Just like this one. Anybody listening yeah. to your friends, tell everybody it's free. Um, they are. yeah, they're, they're great. And just a way to continue to expand, you know, your mindset and, and everything. Um, Sadie, I have so enjoyed getting to, to catch up with you. Um, thank you for taking time to just share, I'm not going to say your whole story because I mean, girl, we just, it was bits and pieces, but you, um, you are just an incredible, incredible person. I'm thankful to call you my friend and one heck of a cowgirl. So what does the phrase cowgirl state of mind, what does that mean to you? We're going to end this. Um, I don't know how we ended on a higher note than what we've been on the whole time, but we're about to do that. <laughs> we'll see. No, um, Cowgirl state of mind, to me, there are a lot of girls that say they're cowgirls, okay, which is awesome, but having the state of mind as a, of a cowgirl is on a whole nother level, and uh, you got to be tough, mind, body, and soul, because you're going to get bucked or kicked or stomped in life, mentally, physically, but, uh, man, it's just about being yourself at all times and uh, knowing you're going to make a mistake and just continue to trudge through the mud because, man, it'll be worth it at the end. And it always is. But you'll have blowouts on the way. You're going to have <laughs> lights go out on your truck and trailer and you're not going to know how to do it because there's not a cowboy around at the time and you're just going to have to learn how to do some things and you're not going to want to back up the trailer in a certain hole or this and that, but it's just about following through and, and having that grit and determination to just to, to be the cowgirl that you've been talking about being that's it right there. Oh, amen, girl. So, so <laughs> good. Um, be the cowgirl you've been talking about being that's it. You know, um, I, I love that. Uh, Sadie, thank you so much. I'll make sure and put, in the show notes, how everybody can connect with you. And um, I'll be praying for you, girl. I know we're on the home stretch with these babies and they'll be here yes. for long. So let's mom together, Coda. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. We'll do it. Uh, take care, girl. Thank you, Dakota. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye. 
you for spending your time with me on the Cowgirl Confessions podcast. I'm so glad y'all stopped by. If you could take a moment to share this episode and tag us on social media, I'd be happier than a cowgirl in a sea of buy one, get one vintage turquoise. Subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode. New episodes will be released bi-monthly. Please leave us a review if you feel so led by going to iTunes. Your feedback will really help us breed the idea of grabbing life by the horns with a cowgirl state of mind into women across the globe. Some that may have never even had the privilege to throw their leg over a horse, but could most certainly use the cowgirl state of mind while navigating life. Thanks again, y'all. Until next time, keep pursuing your dreams with that all-go and no-woe mentality. Remember, you're writing a story that's worth saddling up for, sister.